Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to the uh, Wildwood Podcast, where this year we are spending time uh, on uh, divisions. No, we're not. We're spending time actually on church history. It's just that today we're just finishing that third week on uh, divisions. So, Dan, this is the third episode. Oh, by the way, I'm here with Dan. Hi. Good to have you again. Good to be here. Uh, here. Hey, just so you'll know out there, well, we're actually wearing long sleeves today. We are. We had, so we record this before, obviously, it goes out. And so we had a frost warning last night. Did we really? We did. It got down to 32 or 33 degrees. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Taking you back to your roots? Taking me back to my roots, upstate New York, you know? So we, we got to love that cold weather. Uh, talked to my dad the other night on the phone. I said, uh, how's the temperature there? He said, it's in the 20s in the mountains of North Carolina. Nice. <laughs> that's so, woo, that's good. All right. Church history. And uh, talking about divisions, uh, this is the third one we're talking about within the church. And I think this is a very useful topic to consider because there are so many different groups out there today that use the label Christian in uh, some way. So if you're driving somewhere while listening to this podcast, chances are you've passed more than one church before you've even reached your destination. So it's helpful to understand where Wildwood fits within these divisions that we have in Christianity. We talked about the big three, which is uh, Catholicism, then there's the Eastern Orthodox Church, and then Protestantism. The last episode where we left off, correct me if I'm wrong, we talked about some of the major groups uh, within specifically our uh, vein of this, Protestantism, and we focused in on some people like Luther and Calvin and even King uh, Henry VIII, uh, the Wesley brothers, uh, some others that uh, we talked in there. But today, uh, we're going to talk about another development within Protestantism. And that is the split between what's called the modernist and the conservatives. So here's a broad question for modernist and uh, conservatives. When did this even happen? Yeah. So we have through the history of uh, the church seen divisions. And that's been clear because we've been talking about that. And there are disagreements that bring up councils and discussions about this. So there's always a, a desire to come together if at all possible, but we also see disagreements. This particular disagreement is uh, something that we see happening in uh, the first half of the 20th century. Now, I should be clear, this is not the first time that we've seen disagreement even within the United States. Uh, I mean, you can go back to Enlightenment thought in the uh, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries and a desire to espouse some more rational Christianity. And so you can look at our, even a number of our founding fathers in the United States, and they may have embraced some less than orthodox views of uh, aspects of Christianity. Uh, Unitarianism comes about uh, in the 1700s, especially this idea that pushes away from the concept of the Trinity. Deism, a more removed God uh, or picture of a God that's not as involved in uh, humanity and universalism, this idea that all are going to heaven and that there is uh, no hell or no eternal punishment. Um, so you see this throughout the history of Christianity in the United States. But what we're primarily talking about here is something that comes to fruition in the first half of the 20th century in the United States. So those deists, um, several of our founding fathers would have uh, fit that category. God got it all started and backed away. And so we're not sitting on that era. We're here recently. 
what and this what causes this controversy the fundamentalist modern yeah this is a very academic discussion and so we're going to be careful with this as much as we can but i uh, there are several developments in the 19th century that precipitate this uh, we can look in the 1800s with ideals of people like karl marx and charles darwin uh, and even more broadly uh, german higher criticism as uh, forerunners of this. So Karl Marx is uh, probably the least influential of this, but his ideals of uh, class struggle and focusing on the economics of class do trickle down into an emphasis on the social gospel in certain churches where they're more concerned or even exclusively concerned about the gospel as being a social and a physical phenomenon instead of being a spiritual one. We also see uh, how Charles Darwin's theory of the origin of species and uh, his theory of evolution calls into account the Genesis narrative of creation and, well, frankly, the status of humans as the pinnacle of God's creation, which is what we learn about uh, in Genesis. Uh, but German higher criticism is probably the biggest one here. It's this move that happens in universities, and you can hear from the name, starting in Germany to be more critical about what was demonstrably true and what was mere legend in the Bible. And so it leads to questions about the authorship and the compilation and ultimately the authority and the inerrancy of the Bible. And mixed up in all of this is what's going on in the world more broadly as people are traveling much more freely and they're learning about things going on in the world. They're seeing other world religions. And so people start to question more this idea of the uh, exclusivity of Christianity. Should Jesus be thought of as the only way to heaven? So you've noted this before. Um, obviously, there have been disagreements all along in Christianity. So what we're talking about now, why is this a controversy though? Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with technology. The fact that we can spread our controversies ever more broadly. In fact, uh, we didn't talk a lot about this, but the fact that the Protestant Reformation happened in the first place has a lot to do with technology. The fact that the printing press could spread the ideals of Luther. That's the same thing here, actually. We see how technology is used to spread the controversy far and wide. We also note the amount of influence that these ideas have in established Protestant groups. And yes, we are talking primarily about a Protestant issue here, uh, but also the amount of pushback. So this is happening within the center of Protestantism in the United States. The term that we use for this is mainline Protestant denominations. So go back to the early 20th century. There are a couple of Protestant denominations that are the Protestant denominations that exist out there. They are the major groups that exist out there. In fact, we use the term mainline to refer to the Philadelphia mainline, this group of affluent suburbs in Philadelphia. And most residents are belonging to a couple of churches. We're talking north of 50% of the population of the United States would belong to a subset of denominations that are known as mainline Protestant groups. So they're the dominant Protestant groups in the United States. But there's also some who are pushing back and they're seeking to adhere to the core tenets of Christianity. And they're concerned about this increasingly secular society and liberal Christianity. And so two books really highlight this. The first one is The Fundamentals. It's a collection of pamphlets that's sent out uh, to actually, because of uh, some funding that happened, every single pastor in the United States was supposed to have received 
uh, these books about the fundamentals over a course of five years that explore the basics of the faith and argue for what it felt like was foundational and non-negotiable in Christianity. And so they're saying, contend for these things. These are vital. And we see this division continue to grow to the point where uh, a theologian named James J. Gresham Machen writes a book called Christianity and Liberalism. And in it, he's arguing that this division between a liberal Christianity and a fundamental Christianity has grown so much to the point that liberals don't really look like Christians anymore. They've actually moved outside the realm of Christianity. And a quote that I really like from it, it says, a terrible crisis unquestionably has arisen in the church. In the ministry of evangelical churches are to be found hosts of those who reject the gospel of Christ. By the equivocal use of traditional phrases, by the representation of differences of opinion as though they were only differences about the interpretation of the Bible, entrance into the church was secured for those who are hostile to the very foundations of the faith. So this seems like a rather large deal. So what happened? Yeah. Well, (laughs) simply put, division. There's a division that happens here. Once it becomes clear that moderation or compromise isn't possible at all, we start to see denominations divide. The vast majority of time, what happens is conservatives are kicked out of the church. So they either leave on their own accord or they're accused of sowing so much division within their particular denomination that uh, it just goes somewhere else. And this is what we see happen uh, starting in the 1920s, but really continuing through much of the 20th century, where for the vast majority of the time, conservatives are the ones who are left out. Now, there's some examples where we actually see conservatism win the day per se, but the two dominant ones would be the Southern Baptist Convention and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. But uh, on the whole, generally speaking, conservatives are pushed out of their denominations. So you start mentioning names like J. Gresham Machen. I go a little bit geeky because he's obviously one of the heroes in our particular vein here in the Presbyterian Church of what he did. So, I mean, this is fascinating history for someone like me. How about for most of the rest of us. What do we do with this now? Yeah. Well, a couple thoughts there. First of all, we're still living in the effects of this division. In fact, it's still very clearly going on today. When we talk about divisions within the church, you can't help but see this division and frankly, how it bleeds over into our public discourse as well. You see this division between mainline churches that Mm -hmm. by and large are more liberal and a more evangelical uh, or more theologically conservative church. In fact, we as a Presbyterian church, generally speaking, get along better with certain Baptist churches or Methodist churches (laughs) or uh, Anglican churches instead of some Presbyterian churches. It's interesting to note that just because a church says Presbyterian doesn't mean we would recommend you go there. Um, because of this division. But the fact is, divisions are still occurring. Uh, Right now, we're watching uh, as one of the largest denominations in the United States, the United Methodist Church, is splitting up, and they are trying to work that out, and it's incredibly mean. I mean, you read some of the comments that are coming from both sides of that, and it's vitriolic. It is harsh. Um, And so this is what we're dealing with. It has history. 
But I'll also point to the need to contend for the faith. There will always be people outside of Christianity that don't hold to what we believe. Well, duh. Of course, that's going to be the way it is. But what the book of Jude warns us is that we need to contend for the faith because there are people within the church who may lead us away from the truth. And so we need to pay attention to that just as much. This is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yeah, why would we have a lot of them? But I don't think there's a pastor out there that would uh, would say, you know, it would be a bad thing if we were a bunch of Bereans. If we just checked in on whatever the pastor's saying, whoever it is that's up there, we're just going to go back and check it over and over again. Um, absolutely. We've got to know here. All right. So there's more to say about this um, as we explore next time the creation of our own denomination, the PCA, uh, which Machen's a part of that story. Um, we'll get... But we'll have to do that next time. I think we're done for this right now. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening. And I will see you again soon. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples. Make Disciples.